0: Going out to eat doesn't sound the same as it used to. I mean, the idea sounds great, but the actual sounds are more like this. If a restaurant is open now, it's probably for curbside service. But sometimes at the end of a long day, even one that's involved never actually leaving the house, the idea of actually leaving the house is exhausting. So, you're hungry, you reach for the apps on your phone. Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash... Well, hungry friends, turns out those companies are taking out more of a bite of your favorite restaurants than you might think. I'm not here to tell you to delete those apps or to discount the work their drivers do to get food to people. But in a time when many of us are a little more conscientious of how we're spending our money and who handles the things we come into contact with, you deserve to know what's up. So in this episode of Abby Eats St. Louis, we are delivering on our promise to help you navigate the food world during this pandemic, including things to consider before ordering through an app.
1: I've always just been really, I don't know, aggressively against third-party delivery systems.
0: We'll tell you why, as well as what the big companies are doing to help restaurants right now. Plus, how restaurants are dabbling in their own technology and why a couple of local delivery companies say they do it right. Okay, so let's get this on the table right now. Delivery apps have a purpose. You know, like when you planned on a soggy egg salad sandwich for lunch, but you're really craving some hot wings from the place across town. Or the screaming kids are finally getting along, but now it's time to feed them, and you just don't have the energy to cook or to pack them up in the car. I get it. That's why these companies exist, to bring the food to you. And in some cases, you might be supporting a new local place you wouldn't have otherwise if they weren't on your go-to app. That's all good and well. But in these particularly trying times for restaurants, the go-to way of doing things might not be the best way. I think,
1: you know, it works maybe for some folks if they're doing high volume and they're just sending stuff out the door constantly. Um, But that's not
0: our model. John Perkins owns Juniper in the Central West End, where, like every other restaurant in town, the dining room's been closed for the last month. And it has not been an easy month. Pretty early on, he announced they'd have to lay off some of their employees. Remember, restaurant insurance doesn't cover this kind of thing. They wanted employees to be able to go get their unemployment benefits. The day after the dining room closed, they transitioned to online sales. Which, by the way, I had tried to order takeout from Juniper before. It wasn't really a thing they did normally, so this was quite a pivot.
1: We had to keep a stream of revenue going. It just, you know, it's not... As you probably understand or have heard, like it's it's very easy to just burn through cash in the restaurant business. And um, So the quickest way for us to do that was to use DoorDash. Um, and typically the way that you would work with them is he, there would be a period where you would wait and you would get their tablet. You'd install their system. But they had an option to forego all that and just put a menu online and activate it essentially immediately. And so that's what we did. You know, it was, it was fine. It, it, it served its purpose. The entire time I was planning on transitioning back off of DoorDash uh, onto our own system using Square, which is what we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the, the hinge point was when DoorDash was going to start charging their commission fee. Um, so we were on DoorDash for about two weeks and then transitioned off of it and it was largely seamless, I think.
0: Delivery apps take commissions on every food order, on top of fees you pay. They range from 15 to 30 percent.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a radical thing to go from a sit-down restaurant where you, I mean, we hardly ever did takeout orders, if ever. Told you. And now it's you know it's 100 percent for business. So um, when we reopen, I imagine we'll, takeout will be part of it.
0: Yes, it literally took a global pandemic for me to be able to get Juniper takeout. But when John explains why his and so many other small local places haven't had it in the past, it comes down to dollars, and it's just not making sense. And in addition to the fact that anybody taking food out through one of these systems, alcohol is not a part of it, and one of the
1: ways that we, you know, it's just a huge part of, of how, we, how we do business is having people come to the bar and have a drink, right? And so one of the reasons why we never did it in the past was I have no control of the food when it goes out my door. And so if anything happens in transit, I'm not the one, uh, that is technically responsible, but I am held responsible in terms of the customer experience. You know, if it goes bad for them, they're going to want to say, well, Juniper screwed up that order. Well, maybe, but it's also entirely possible that in the process of going from our restaurant to your location, that that third party did something. Or something happened to your meal in transit, you know, like it got messed up or, or whatever, mm-hmm. spilled, you know, who knows? Um, so there's that lack of control. There's the lack of, or the reduction in, in, in ticket average because I'm not selling you booze, which is part of what I do in this restaurant, represents about 35, 40% of my business. And so when a third party comes in and says, hey, I'll sell 60% of your business and then I'm going to take 25% of it. Um, there's just not much in the way of uh, attractiveness about that offer from my perspective, right? Mm-hmm.
0: John says when they reopen, he won't use a big third-party system because of those big commission rates. Think about it. Restaurants already operate at razor-thin margins. On average, for every 10 bucks you spend on food, $2.50 of that are going to the app company. If the food costs them, I don't know, 7 bucks to make, the restaurant only keeps $0.50. Cents you don't have to be an accountant to know that it's hard to keep a place open with numbers like that. I've
1: always just been really, I don't know, aggressively against third party delivery systems. Um, because I felt like they were exploitive for small businesses like mine. And, um, so in this case with DoorDash, we, we use them to benefit us because they had, they offered a, a, like a 30 day reprieve from this commission fee. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then about a week before they were going to start charging the commission fee, we rolled off. But the way that it works is, you know, um, a lot of times restaurants will just have to increase their prices to account for that draw. And then, But, again, the irony here is that it's one of those things where, again, the restaurants get the backlash because they're expensive. Well, they're expensive on these things because they're trying to account for that revenue loss, Um And customers don't see that or understand it. And so it's just it's a kind of liability that you want to avoid. You know, you don't want to have that kind of relationship with with your customer base.
0: The high cost of a middleman app can sometimes be deceptive for you. For example, Grubhub recently offered a discount in the name of small businesses, even called it supper for support. Between 5 and 9 PM, you could get 10 bucks off an order costing $30 or more. Seems like a great idea, until you find out the restaurants have to cover the cost of the discount that they didn't even have to opt into. You didn't read the fine print, but I did. It says in part, quote, I also understand and agree that A, restaurant will fund the full cost of redeemed promotions, and B, Grubhub commissions may be charged on the non-discounted product total rather than the amount paid by the customer. So they're not really hiding anything per se, but is this the way you want to support your favorite restaurants? Again, not telling you what to do, but you deserve to know. You may have also heard about companies offering relief from the commissions, which again can go up to 30%. Grubhub, once again, made a splash with their announcement that they'd be deferring commission payments for their restaurant partners, but then the definition of deferring sunk in. Restaurants will still have to pay up eventually. I reached out to the company for this story. Nobody got back to me, but a rep for DoorDash did. And even reading their fine print, as of now it seems like the DoorDash relief program seems the most generous. It includes cutting commission rates in half for restaurants with fewer than five locations. And that's not a deferment. And they're extending zero commission collections for new restaurants to sign up with DoorDash through May. Here, once again, is the reminder that I am not telling you to delete all your apps. Just keep a few things in mind. Maybe you could supplement the loss of the commission money by buying a gift card. Because the services aren't going away, but some of the restaurants they serve might. Here's John Perkins again.
1: You know, it's interesting. Before all of this happened, there would be a restaurant that everybody loved, and it would go out of business, and there would be this large, you know, response on Twitter or social media like, oh, I can't believe that was my favorite place that went out of business. And... You know, like, the reality on the ground is, like, the reason it probably went out of business is people stopped going to it. They stopped supporting it, not, like, consciously necessarily, but it's really easy for people to think, oh, that restaurant's my favorite place. It's always going to be around. Well, the reality is they're not going to be. Um, It's such a simple thing, but it's very easy to miss. Like, restaurants have to sell food and have guests, have clients, have customers in order to survive and now more than ever. And so really, I think what's happening at the moment for restaurants that remain open is that when you buy food from them, you're investing in the in the, in the life of that restaurant, not just, not just for now, but for the future. Um, and you're, you're saying with your dollars, like this is a restaurant that
0: is important to this community and we wanna ensure its longevity. So you definitely just heard me drop the phone there in the last part of the soundbite, but it was too good not to include. Nothing like Podcast from Home Magic getting creative. Speaking of creative, segue, a lot of restaurants have looked for new ways to keep their folks employed and give new options besides the delivery apps. Three Kings Public House uses DoorDash and Postmates, but they've also recently launched their own in-house delivery service. Since nobody can eat, you know, in-house. Tara Byerly manages the DePair location. She says the same coronavirus safety concerns that closed dining rooms in the first place led to their own delivery program. They have a little more control.
2: I run the orders out to these drivers from the third party systems and we have sat and talked about their systems and how they're doing it. And our owner feels that if we do an in-house delivery that we can make it safer for our guests that are ordering we can guarantee that our people are wearing masks and gloves at all time that their food is being boxed up safely and we put no tamper tape on the boxes and then that their food is coming to them hot and fresh once the food leaves this door from a third party system, we can't guarantee that it gets there right on time, that nothing's happening with this order that there's nobody else in the cars, that their employees are wearing masks and gloves. I'm not sure it is mandatory that our employees are wearing gloves and masks, that as soon as it leaves this building, it is safely delivered to their doorstep with no questions and their food is hot.
0: So next time you go to order to go from a local spot, if your aim is to help support local, just remember to give the restaurant a call first, see if you can pick up or if they have their own delivery service. It could save you and the restaurant in more ways than one. But have I said yet that my point isn't to force you to give up delivery apps? Because my point isn't to force you to give up delivery apps. In fact, let me introduce you to a few companies right here in the St. Louis area that you might wanna add to your repertoire, Food Peddler and 569 Dine. I called them up over the phone Technical issues meant audio got a little soft here, so bear with me. Food Peddler is exactly what it sounds like, food delivery on bikes. Right now, they're hyper-local around the city, but Peddler-turned-company-owner Alex Ward has big plans for his business.
3: Um, I started in May 2018. I purchased the company in July 2019. Okay, okay.
0: relatively new. Yes. So, what did things look like for you before all of this, I'm trying to come up with a time, uh, a way to refer to this quarantine time. But oh, I feel like I feel like everybody just kind of says before or back when things yeah. were normal or before all of this. What did things look like for you before all of this?
3: Well, um, it was. I mean, I had obviously no clue that anything like this would happen. Um, it was you know normal day to day life, just expecting to grow the business uh, uh, quickly, more quickly than. Than is possible right now, uh, in terms of bringing on new restaurants, potentially opening new neighborhoods. I had hopes to open the Grove in the fall, uh, that slowed down a little bit, and then of course with coronavirus it has slowed things down considerably, just because restaurants don't they don't necessarily have the extra funds uh, to pay our commission, and um, we have to. You know, potentially work out some more special deals, or just wait till this is all over. The customer-facing side, well, we call our customers fans because they're our fan base. On, cust- on the fan-facing side, we started offering contactless delivery.
0: So why do they have fans of something like people delivering food on a bike?
3: First of all, biking. We all we all really love biking. Uh, and it, I mean, it gets our endorphins running. It gets a, gives us a nice. Uh, good feeling. So when we get there, we're happy. We haven't been uh, cramped up in a car for thirty minutes driving from downtown to Chesterfield. And they um, were I hire generally friendly and personal guys, personal guys. And our fans get to know us. We have so many recurring amazing fans who order from us uh, weekly or sometimes daily. Um, or every other day, and even if a restaurant, even if their favorite restaurant is closed, they'll go, they're going to look for another restaurant in our roster um, to help support us and to help support that
0: restaurant. He says there are other things that set them apart from big-name delivery options besides the vehicle they use. Our,
3: yeah, so our estimated delivery time is 45 minutes. Most of our deliveries, um, as as long as the food gets out quickly, most of our deliveries we can get in an average time of about 30 to 35 minutes. And the goal is always that that time, uh, getting it to them fast. Our riders are trained to know how to map out their routes, so they know um, if they have two if they have two orders pending at a time, they know which one to take first versus uh, the other. Just be, just knowing how long the food should take to, to be made uh, and how long they should be waiting. Um, and because we are a hyper-local and a hyper-local area, uh, currently just Central West End and the surrounding areas, we, we touch some of um, Slew's campus, Forest Park Southeast and DeVoliver, mm-hmm. as well as Downtown and Downtown West. Uh, because we are a hyper-local area, we can get around very quickly. Um, it's Uh, You know, it's not difficult for us to to just pedal fast and get it to them quickly and hot.
0: Alex is still running a business. His restaurant partners pay commission fees, too, that he says are competitive with the bigger companies. But by being localized here in St. Louis, they're able to keep things very St. Louis.
3: There's just some some extra fun things I've added. Uh, I added a subscription option. So the goal there is uh, we have a few partners right now. And. The goal there is to, to offer uh, premium consumer packaged food goods uh, made in St. Louis to people uh, in St. Louis. And we've actually extended that area uh, all the way to Clayton.
0: Right now, their partners for the weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly delivery options include Hello Juice, Mighty Cricket, that's the company that makes protein powder out of crickets, Clementine's Creamery, and Blueprint Coffee. They also give 50 cents of every order to their partners at the Fit and Food Connection. And
3: what they do is they offer uh, healthy living, nutrition, and fitness resources, like free fitness classes and uh, meal assistance from food pantries to low-income individuals across North County, North City, and other parts of the city of St. Louis.
0: While only ordering from your favorite restaurant may be a novel concept, of course food delivery itself isn't. 569 Dine has been working with local restaurants for years. They also work on commissions, but without the user fees that delivery app users may be used to. I talked to Cindy O'Hara. She runs much of the company her husband started. She says he was third in the nation to start a restaurant delivery service. So
4: he's a pioneer in the industry. And um, we've been doing it for 30 years. When we first started, we had, of course, there was no internet around. So we had phones. And that's how we took all our orders. So we had lots of dispatchers and lots of operators, and that's basically how the orders just came and printed off a printer, and we stuck them up on a ticket rail up on the wall, and we kind of organized them that way. So it's just, and then all of a sudden the internet came around, and so now we have online ordering, and we, our, um, our app, and our website is. Um, just as boozy as all the big ones, if not even better. So.
0: <laughs> A lot has changed over the last thirty years since they first started. Not the very least of which has been the amount of competition out there. I asked Cindy how they've changed things or not changed things in order to stay competitive.
4: This has been going on for us for thirty years. We've had there's probably been about eighteen services that have come and gone in the same area, whether people knew it or not. They weren't around very long. Um, so, I mean, so as far as competition, we've always had competition. Um, we just haven't had it on the scale that we have it now with these larger ones. Um, but you know what? We, um, we are maintaining, um, a lot of people like the local service. A lot of people have been using our service. A lot of people know our service. Um, they can count on us. A lot of them like our drivers restaurants prefer our drivers. Our drivers, number one, um, I'd say probably about 70% of our staff has been with us over 15 years. These guys are serious full-time drivers that have been doing it for a long time. They are good at what they do.
0: Cindy says they've weathered a few storms over the past 30 years with this business, but I asked how things are different now. How's business doing for them compared to what it was before all this?
4: I mean, the restaurants are missing some big lunches.
0: They're missing all
4: their big lunches because everybody's not at work and meetings are not going on. So we're trying to, you know, we're still getting some, you know, medical buildings, or medical offices, I mean, that are open that have to remain open, medical fields, some offices, other offices, banks, and whatnot. Um, So, you know, we're trying to promote all those. You know, bigger orders. I've been doing some email blasts trying to promote those for the restaurants. Um, nighttime is different. Um, you know, we have a lot more new customers. I can see a lot of people trying delivery for the first time that they haven't. Yeah. Maybe, or at least through our service, you know, they're becoming a first-time customer. So we're seeing a lot of those.
0: Cindy is glad her business can support struggling restaurants, Without those restaurants, after all, none of these delivery services would exist. And she'll be glad to see the day when places will be able to serve you directly in person again. After
4: this and things open up, I think a lot of people are going to want to get out to all the restaurants, and
0: I think it'll be good for them. Ooh la la! Ooh la la! Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side podcast production. I'm Abby Larico. Executive producer from afar is Dory Olmos. Our once in future editor is Shelley Karam. Special thanks on this episode to Julie Lally. Check out the episode notes for links to the websites for companies we talked about here, plus a web version of this story you can share with your friends. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Abby Eats St. Louis. Tag us in your dinner pics. Oh, and when subscribe and rate the podcast too, and recommend us to a friend while you're at it. Wash your hands, call your loved ones, and always seize the plate.